Say dummy copy. Dummy copy. Susanna was a voice gets me every time. I know. Hi, welcome to Dummy Copy, a book show where we talk about books. I'm Carrie. And I'm Claire. And we... We have a friend! We have a friend! We have a friend who we haven't seen in so long! It's been a very long time. Oh, my friend, what's your name? I am Kurt! (laughs) I am Kurt, and I'm the the poetry ringer, I think. Yeah, that's exactly what you are. Yep, yep. Yep. (laughs) That's very true. Yep, Uh uh-huh. Kurt, teach us how to... Read poetry. <laughs> <laughs> According to the people at the grad school, I flunked out. <laughs> I am not the person to teach you how to read poetry. Honestly, you I know what? I know those people, yeah. and yeah. many of them are fine people. So there you go. Also, I think some of the most interesting people in the world flunked out of things. Yeah. 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 So, yeah whatever. I don't have a piece of paper for anything. <laughs> oh no. Me I didn't either. really flunk out. I just changed my major a million times and then quit. <laughs> So I don't know what that means, I, but I guess technically I didn't flunk out of grad school. I missed uh, I missed red tape things. Oh yeah, like oh, yeah. That I, like I, I hadn't checked a box that thought okay. had been checked, and then months went by and everybody thought the box had been checked, and it was like, oh, by the way, <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about you handle some money and not come back? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I've been working on my resume, and under education, it says Spokane Falls Community College. 2010 to 2014. <laughs> it might even be 2015 because I've just been taking one class far enough apart that I uh, always forget I took the class already yeah. until I get halfway through it. I'm like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so you actually live that nightmare? Yeah. I still have that nightmare. I'm 37 years old. Yeah. I still have the no, nightmare. I, and it was just like, I mean, and that shows you how attentively I was attending school during my desperately trying to be a professional ballet dancer. <laughs> Yeah, no, I knew it. I was going to be a ballerina. It was going to be fine. I didn't need to go to college. You were. (laughs) You were a ballerina. (laughs) Yeah. You you were like, you were going to be, and then you were one. (laughs) You conquered it. Nailed it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's That's a good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. (laughs) So that was Dummy Coffee. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) No, we have more stuff to talk about. Yeah. Kurt, um, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, how do we know you? Anyway? Uh, yeah, how um, do we know you? So I, uh, cur- well, I haven't been in to work with you two, but I do work with you two. You're still and, on the schedule. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, about I was telling Claire on the way over, uh, about every other day I feel good enough that I'm like, that's it. I'm emailing everybody. I'm yeah. coming back. Here we go. And then 30 minutes later, I'm on the couch like, oh. Kurt has lung COVID. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fucking pandemic every time. <laughs> no, every Jesus, time. How always. much shit can get fucked up? <laughs> the best part is I want to tell people, that when people go like, oh no, I'm so sorry. I'm like, well, it's not that bad. Yeah. It's, 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 not bad. it's not that bad. Like, I can't really do anything, but as long as I'm not doing anything, it's not that bad. Yeah. I feel like everyone present here, too, is that, like, no, I'm literally dying, but it's also like, it's fine. I could, like, I could probably go to work still. Like, <laughs> I, I noticed because the last time I was in was sometime in December, and I was going to make a push for the holidays. Yeah. And I came in for two hours. Yep. And uh, nobody mentioned anything about me coming back again yeah. before, uh, before December 25th. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I imagine it was me uh, trying to lean on the book cart and falling onto the floor or um, celebrating that I had rang up a customer correctly for somebody to show up behind me and go, oh, yeah, you totally missed this part. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah maybe I do. I'm not with <laughs> Well, I do remember, um, I, did I at one point physically take some cookbooks out of your hand? Because I was like, those look too heavy. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think I was in the cooking section trying to show them. <laughs> I do remember though, just like the like this just like wave of pure joy that happened when you walked in the doors. Like I remember I was sitting at a certain desk where I can't see who's coming in the doors, but I could see Claire. And Claire was just like doing this thing and I was like I couldn't say anything. I was was literally speechless. And then I turned around and me and C B saw you walk in at the same time and we were just like like, holy fuck. Kurt's here. It was such a moment. I think I had the Breakfast Club fist up. Yeah, yeah you did. Like, you did. <laughs> I made it. Yeah, anytime. And then my wife walked in two hours later and was like, let's get you home. Yeah. I was like, yeah. yeah. Like I started <laughs> sundowning all of a sudden. I've got to get home and feed the dogs or Ma's going to have a problem with me. Like, Kurt, you haven't worked at Auntie's in 30 years. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sort of feel, <laughs> no, I'm I'm not Claire. Claire's living in Florida now. Yeah, I, I'm just another tall girl with dark hair. I'm just a tall girl with dark hair. <laughs> I, I know for a fact that Claire would not be found dead in Florida, let alone alive. Uh, I don't think so. I don't know why I picked Florida. Yeah, I momentarily no. couldn't remember any there, American states. There's there's fine people there. There's some fine people in Florida. <laughs> A lot of good books coming out of Florida. Some though. fine people in Florida. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm sure they're fine. <laughs> uh, I believe Cody Smith, uh, one of the greatest poets to ever come out of the Eastern Washington University Northwest Center for Writers Masters program. Is that really what it's called? Hi, uh, Cody. Yeah. Hey, you loving it? I can't do a Cody Smith impression. I spent so many years with him and I still can't. So I'm like, oh, dang, uh, it's hot. <laughs> Sounds like a great guy. Yeah, Sounds, it doesn't awesome. afraid of anything. Nice. Uh, uh, Let's talk about Laura Reed. Yeah, so yeah. we are going to talk about Laura Reed's new book, but she is also Jane. Kurt, why did you want to talk about this book other than that Laura Reed is maybe possibly the nicest person I have ever met in my entire life? Laura Reed is, yeah, incredibly nice. Um, Also very funny. She's really funny. Um, She's very thoughtful. She's thorough. uh, But she is, I can't remember the rules for cursing. She's a gosh darn fantastic writer. You can say whatever the yeah. fuck you want. <laughs> okay. um, uh, Laura Reed blows my hair back, yeah. which is something that very few poets do, um, to where when I read her work, it's often uh, get one poem down, close the book, set it down, go for a walk kind of moment, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which I didn't get to do because I had to talk about this book on this podcast, <laughs> so I had to keep reading them. Uh, and it was that was also wonderful. But uh, Laura Reed uh, was the second poet laureate of Spokane. I can't remember the dates that she. Was it fifteen to seventeen? Yes, I think that's what it yeah, was. Yes, yeah. that's exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. Fact checkers confirmed. <laughs> I Louise, didn't, I didn't live here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were busy not being a ballerina. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, she taught uh, SEC, SFCC, and now teaches at Eastern, the same program Cody Smith was a graduate of. Uh, yeah, what else can we say about Laura Reed? Well, I think we're about to say a lot of it. <laughs> uh, so maybe now is time for a good quick break. Yes. Yeah. Well, Kurt, you're driving this plane. <laughs> <laughs> Where would you like to start? I was going to say he was driving the uh, radio flyer wagon. Oh, he's cute. pulling us along. Yeah. Oh, he's uh, adorable. Cross-legged Spe- behind each yeah. other. Speaking of adorable, let's talk about the death of Laura's vagina. Yes. Uh, starting at the start, this first first poem in the collection is called "R.I.P. Laura's Vagina." Yes which I feel very fortunate to have gotten to hear her read uh, in March, and it was very fun. That was a fun thing about reading this book, is that I, so I used to be, I used to run the events program at Antis, and Laura has done a lot of stuff with us, uh, which is wonderful. Thank you for doing that, Laura. Uh, And so it's really fun to read this book, and instead of, like, whatever voice I hear in my head when I read, I hear Laura's voice. (laughs) Like, it was really fun. And so this was this is when I got, I was really lucky to hear her read once, which I feel happy about. She also has, uh, considering that uh, she went through a graduate program and works at a, a university, uh, doesn't have that terrible reading voice. I was going to say, she doesn't have do poet voice. Like, I don't know what that inflection is, but it's so, it makes it so hard for me to focus. Yeah. I, yeah. I said that I wasn't going to naysay anything when I was on here, but I'm going to naysay poet voice. It mm-hmm. just needs to die dead. Yeah. It's dead. Weird, it's a weird, weird it's, it's, phenomenon. I know. And I, and I wonder if it's like, like for a while, like all podcast hosts sounded like Ira Glass. And I wonder if it's just that kind of thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was thinking earlier when talking about <laughs> Laura Reed's new book, but she is also Jane. Like that? Yeah. I love that. It's nice. let's, let's do that for the rest of the show. <laughs> the poems in this collection feel as though the reader is taken into the book not with language, (laughs) but more communication. I don't know. Oh, oh it's just, I can't imagine anybody picking up poetry and thinking it was boring and then deciding, you know, what could make it better mm. is we'll just slow it yeah. down. Or it's like the lilt. Yeah. Like it's like, and, and now my voice will go is up. It's beginning and to pause. idolize. I kind of. I kind of wonder if it's just a remnant of the Beats because the Beats were so into bebop. Yeah. Um, but they were like listening to jazz music. Yeah. And then poets came out afterwards, specifically white ones, mm. who were like, oh, I got this. Yeah. I got this. Here and it's go. like, you don't have a groovy bone in your body, brother. You got you to gotta take several steps <laughs> yeah, back. It shows. Just uh, read it like a white person, okay? <laughs> it's fine. That's what you are. <laughs> and I wonder, I wonder, I actually just had this thought as somebody who, I like used to think I was of like public speaking didn't frighten me. And then at some point during my life, I would start to do these intros and I physically could not get the words out of my mouth. And I wonder if poet voice is just a way of dealing with nerves. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it is pretty like, I mean, it feel, it's it's pretty personal to be like reading anything Here's that a you've poem in front about of a my bunch vagina. of random people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. True. 
it's um I think yeah I think it does have a part to do with that um and funny enough Laura Reed has told me before that she's incredibly I don't know if that's changed recently uh the long COVID has kept me from talking to people mm. but uh she told me that she used to get incredibly nervous. Uh, the last time I saw her read was at uh, Broken Mike, which is uh, a poetry open mic that happens every Wednesday uh, in Spokane at Nito Burrito. And uh, she read while she was Poet Laureate, and I remember thinking that she had this wonderful, comfortable presence and controlled a crowd that was pretty rambunctious and wild. And she got done and told me, like, I can't, uh, that was terrifying. Yeah. What? But then they cheer so loud and they're so nice. And I was like, yeah, that helps. But yeah, she doesn't, anyway, she doesn't read with the poet voice, which helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so R.I.P. Laura's Vagina, which is the very first poem in the collection. Take it away, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I really like this one. I really yeah. love the. I really love the ending. It's like this. We can, but we'll get to it. Yeah. yeah. Oh no. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just like this perfect little container. Like mm-hmm. it's like the whole poem is like like a box, and then you open the box, and it, the last <laughs> line is like so the thing hard. that you find trying in so the hard. box. Okay, I was writing in my journal, trying to figure out how to talk about this, and it was all like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this was me. Like, I'm not being cute. That's literally the best way I know how to describe it. There was there was a lot of me taking notes, thinking like I've I've read feminist critiques. I've read like uh, feminist philosophy regarding critiquing literature. I know I have the vocabulary to talk about this somewhere, and then I'm it just falls apart. Uh, unlike Laura's vagina, as we find out in yes. the poem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Long live! I can't keep my. <laughs> I was gonna say, way to bring it back to the poem, and then no. Well, no. yeah, but yeah. So the first line is, "Your vagina is beginning to divitalize." The doctor explained when I asked him why I had so many urinary tract infections lately. So that's what where the poem starts. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the we can talk about the the tone of the poem, which uh, that tone exists in a lot of the poems in the book, which is very. Uh, I don't want to say conversational because it's not asking for the audience to respond. It doesn't need any response. Um, but this very much could be your incredibly well-spoken friend uh, just telling you about their day. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the absolute perfect way possible. Like no one could ever tell you about your, their day this yeah. way. It also sounds like she really knows what she thinks about it too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which is like, that's one thing that I feel like I saw across the collection is like, this it feels so like firmly settled in like this speaker's life as a like a, a middle-aged woman and a mother and a teacher and like just so like here here is what I have learned almost mm-hmm. without like explaining that it's just like here about here is the effort here is the effect of all of my learning which felt really um, felt really comfy to me mm. I, I like that yeah I like that it's comfy um, it also Thematically, it sets uh, the stage for the rest of the book, which is going to be, uh, we see the similar thing, and I know we have notes that we're going to talk about the, the poem Phylogocentric later on, but it kind of sets up, uh, yeah, a stage, a framework for the fact that this book is not going to be entirely, well, it starts with the scientific doctor line, and then we get the poet's response to that, which is... Um, 
the good form of holistic. Yeah. Like not the one gram of Tylenol per month. Yeah. Uh, but just like a, a completely well-rounded life, uh, an earth, an ecosystem of poetry, as opposed to this sterilized uh, Latin-based vocabulary that all doctors agree on is the way to talk mm-hmm. about things. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you, what do you feel like um, the speaker's reaction to the doctor's pronouncement? Is. Do you feel like that's important? Is that something you want to talk about? I, uh, ooh, I almost want to do that and bookmark it because uh, this goes into the thing that I was uh, thinking about regarding. We we get in this book, like I didn't count all of them, but like something like nine or ten different reads. Mm-hmm. Like we get nine or ten different lore reads. We get childhood lore read. We get mother lore read. We get. Uh, wife Laura Reed, we get adult daughter Laura Reed, young daughter Laura Reed, uh, we get Laura Reed in France, and uh, you you start to see uh, also in response to this doctor is these couple different Laura Reeds come out, which is the like uh, you know feminist Laura Reed like like fuck you, you know what yeah. I mean? My my vagina is not devitalized, <laughs> yeah. but also like oh that reminds me I have to get the kids to this thing. And this is why I was late to this thing because my life is large. Mm-hmm. My life is mm-hmm. intricate. And she does such a fantastic job of balancing that in every single poem. Mm-hmm. You get uh, the 95 different sides to a situation yeah. and they're yeah. all handled with equal weight. They're all considered. Um, I think that's what I meant when I said that she was incredibly thoughtful. I don't know if she is as a person, but I imagine that if she writes like that, she probably is also. But we're not talking about persons. We're talking about books. This is dummy copy. Well, and I well, and then that this is actually a good segue into something that I was thinking about. Like it's um, when we're talk when you're talking about a, there are many Laura Reads in this books. Like we have a real sense of like one narrator, right? And it's True. the same narrator, and it's so. I mean. And we know Laura a little bit, and so it's like hard not to like be like, no, 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 this is Laura, you know. And I and I wonder, like, I always wonder how useful that is, you know. Oh, I think yeah. you and I have talked about this a little bit in yeah. like, especially like fiction that's like large that is uh, like autofictional. We know, like, if it like mirrors what we know about the author's life, like, yeah, I, I often wonder about that. Yeah. I'm probably guilty of making the mistake that I think other people do. Uh, I'm glad you brought it up because it, you, it was an argument that people had about W.B. Yeats mm-hmm. a lot, which mm-hmm. is like, oh, this poem about love and, and young romance, like, what is it about? And then somebody would always say in class, like, oh, it's about this relationship he had with Maud Gunn. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, but beyond that, it's like, yeah. no, it's nothing beyond that. It's about the relationship. So mm-hmm. the fact that I, you know, when I see Laura's son at Rosar's when he's back from. Uh, uni, uh, <laughs> and we say hi to each other shouldn't necessarily impact whether or not the book. Well, it yeah. it just does though, yeah. right? Like, and I and I don't think it's necessarily like I don't think it's like necessarily a bad thing because it. I mean, the the I feel like the book has a really strong sense of narrator, you know, like one perspective. So, what you were mm-hmm. gonna say something, Carrie? Sorry, I don't know. I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> It's gone. It's gone. Um, maybe no. Maybe though, it is like I mean, like when you bring up autofiction, you know, it's like it's yes, it's like largely autobiographical or has these elements, but it's still 
fiction, you know? And so you still have this like, well, okay, I don't know. You get into that, uh, what, what the things they carry, the lie that tells the truth, whatever, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, it's like, okay, yes, these, these are the core elements of the thing that I myself experienced as the person behind the writer. But yeah. then the writer comes in and goes, yes, but here's the more perfect yeah. or the more, uh, like the, the the thing that better explains the thing or like yeah. the thing that my experience didn't get to but now thinking about it after all this time I realize this or whatever and yeah. I feel like I do feel like it's harder in I kind of I have this like this like I don't know idea in my head of like okay so you have like fiction and autofiction and then poetry and then like the different types of poetry like some that feel a lot more confessional than others you know some that that kind of feel a little more like ethereal and like like pure pure emotion or pure whatever um or some that like feel like they're only about language which is also mm -hmm. really fun yeah. yeah and so it is i think i think the more sort of confessional or the more like the more you feel like you see the author in the poem the harder it is to really yeah. like get into your head like there is a difference between the speaker and the author that's a great always, point. you know, yeah. like I mean, always. <laughs> yep. So, like, ha yeah, ha that has to exist. Yeah, to talk about them. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's just it is interesting, and I I think it's interesting too because I have not interacted with Laura Reed to the same level that you two have. So I've, I've sent her a lot me, of emails. Yes, <laughs> so, but still, you know, like about official business. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I've maybe like rung her up a couple of times. Yeah. You know, like so it's like sort of like levels maybe of of sort of uh, yeah. separation. Yeah. And yeah, she's like one of my sister-in-law's writing mentors. Yeah. Uh, she's been somebody that I've looked up to as a writer in the community since the day I first heard her read. So yeah, I, I'm worried to like run into her after yeah. this and have her be like, so, it's page okay. 44, really? You didn't get it? Let me get it for you. Get it for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but like, I mean, it is sort of, it's called R.I.P.'s Laura, R.I.P. Yeah. Laura's Vagina. You know, it is yeah. like, like clearly... Yeah, I mean, it's it does feel pretty generous and pretty honest and pretty like yeah, you know there are there are clearly things in here that are like this is part of my yeah. life that and I'm, I'm and I'm using it. Yeah, it feels like like the idea of like your your life experiences having utility. I feel like is all of this all over this book. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> I keep forgetting we're not on camera and we're on microphone. So when I do the eyes closed, hand to the heart, like, that's it. Yeah. Preach. Yeah. Preach. Yeah, I mean, and just to bring it back to the poem, I mean, and I feel like she's thinking and she's thinking and she's thinking in um, the last the last line, she had, so she drops her, her son off at school. Um, I take him around to the front and he dropped his phone in the snow and it got run over. So now there's a crack in the screen. He wants me to replace it, but I said, no, it still works. <laughs> and that feels like something that feels like something that all of these different things, that line, like all of these different things just built that. Mm -hmm. I mean, and maybe it's just like from being obsessed with growing up the way I have been since I was about 18 <laughs> <laughs> or probably since I was about eight. But <laughs> There, it is, it's a really great ending in that it, uh, I think it, find, it is the, like the response to all of the questions. Mm -hmm. um, just. It's so, it's so neat. Like she doesn't need you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. And also just the, the craft and the language that goes into mm -hmm. it. He wants to replace it. 
he wants me to replace it, but I said, no, it still works. Uh, it's also like that line, little two, almost a little over halfway through the poem. Uh, I guess Divitalize was one because he went on to more vividly explain that my tissues were, frankly, deteriorating. <laughs> and so is the frankly there conversational? Or frankly, they're deteriorating. Or he was very frank about the fact that the tissue was deteriorating. <laughs> It's a master, master lesson in craft. Yes. I, yeah, That's I really right. like this one a lot. That was great. What a strong, oh God, sorry. What a strong opening to <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, so poetry collection though. It was like, yeah. okay, like so here we bold. are. This is it, you know, so like, bold. yeah. So bold. Super bold, totally like, like pulls you into the rest of the yeah. collection. You totally want to see where she's going, you know, like, okay, this has been sort of a, a little encapsulated journey in and of itself. Like what is the rest of the, yeah. what is the yeah. rest of this collection going to be like? And then it, it also sort of feels like it, it says, this is who I am. I'll tell you, like, I'll tell mm -hmm. you more a mm -hmm. little bit, or this mm -hmm. is who I am right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, yeah. It was very, yeah. I just, I liked this one a lot. Yeah. I, yeah. I appreciate the, the boldness and the, uh, I don't know, just the, the establishing the, the stakes. Yeah. Read establishes the stakes right yeah. away in the book. Like this is what we, I am going to be sharing with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, if you don't like it, uh, you should still buy this book yeah. <laughs> and then give it to somebody who would, you yeah. idiot. <laughs> you idiot. It's just really great. And there's like, I mean, it's, it's funny. Like they're like, like no, your vagina is different. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. yeah, yeah. Or that line about uh, the little room inside my mind where Dorothy Parker yeah. was holding was court at the Algonquin. It's yeah. just like fuck yeah, that's so great. It's such a good yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's just yeah. such a good image to put in there that yeah. like says a lot about who you know the speaker of the poem is if you have a little mind in your room where Dorothy Parker yeah. is holding court yeah. it's like mm -hmm. I, yeah no and I mean I think you're you, you using the word holistic is so apt I mean because it's like Dorothy Parker's holding court in my mind mm -hmm. my son is late for algebra like it's yeah it's it's a whole life you know it's everything mm -hmm. yeah what I mean like I don't know like some of the the blurbs are you know uh, about this book are just talking about how well she sort of um, captures the experience of like kind of like the every woman you know like and yeah. but still in a really personal yeah. like specific way yeah. I yeah I felt very I felt very seen by a lot of well I just love book. I just love like the how sometimes the more sort of hyper specific you get about a particular thing the more people mm -hmm. are like oh my god I get that you know like which is this I, uh, such a beautiful thing about just the written word in general is like how how much like how close can I get to pinning this thing down in words that only pertain to me you know or this situation that mm -hmm. only I whatever you know like yeah but then like yeah like the 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 like more sort of like weird and and specific you get about it the more people are apt to be like <gasps> yeah I get that no totally and I feel like that's you know, before when, you know, when I was a little bit younger and maybe like a less sophisticated reader, I, that was enough for me to go in and have somebody. And like, that is why I read to have somebody like, uh, describe something that I had no words for. Like mm -hmm. I needed to be seen in that way. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of a dangerous way to read if you're only reading that way. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, then, uh, but yeah. But if it was just like really nourishing for me in like my developmental yeah. years, I feel like it was. Um, if if 
Yeah, I'm gonna say this book reminded me what is important in art. <laughs> I know that's a really huge, that's a really huge statement. But it goes with, I think it goes with what you were saying is that um, I've, because I've had long COVID for 11 and a half months now, something like that, um, there's been a lot of downtime and a lot of, uh, one word I never want to say again after I say it right here, a lot of absorption of content. Mm. And now- Absorption can, or content? That one. <laughs> and we never need to say it again. Okay, that's good. Uh, I mean, we can. I'm not in control <laughs> of anything. <laughs> but, uh, so, Claire, what you're saying, Claire, what you're saying is when it it takes a really odd person to like be an artist because I think first you have to make the agreement that you experienced something, okay, and that experience was important to you. Mm -hmm. It was so important that you were going to try to communicate it again, at least for just a tiny little iota of time. You were going to try to capture everything that was feeling in you. Mm -hmm. And then, then, if you are incredibly successful, one other person says, you got it. Yeah. You nailed it. That's how I felt this time. I mean, and not only do you have to do that, there's also, like, some idea that you are, you're saying something about it. Like, you're feeling the feeling, and then there's also, an, like, an analysis. Like, the, you know, like, she is, with Laura Reed in this poem, is, like, she had maybe had a feeling about the doctor telling her her vagina was, frankly, <laughs> what did she say? <laughs> Devitalizing, I guess. Yeah, we are, yeah. frankly, deteriorating. deteriorating and yeah. so she's, she's sharing that with you, and then also, like, having a, a bigger thing to say. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I kind of cut you no. off. Sorry. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> Being yep. the only man on this podcast, I uh, think that my opinion should get double noted. So Shut I'll... up, Carrie. A man is talking. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was a real man. Um, <laughs> uh, it's uh, There's this Buddhist saying... Uh, what did the Buddha do before he was enlightened? He chopped wood and drew water. What did the Buddha do after he was enlightened? He chopped wood and drew water. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of my favorite art reminds me of that story, and I feel like th that's what this poem does, is like, okay, this doctor who I imagine his glasses are falling almost over the end of his bulbous nose that's probably purple because secretly mm -hmm. he's had an alcohol problem for most of his career. Mm -hmm. uh, but he's telling you know, speaker of the poem, what she needs to do. How many times has he been divorced? Uh, oh man. I think twice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the, the third one can wait him out. Yeah. yeah that's what I think. Uh, and so uh, to exist in, in that, to be like, to face that as a woman constantly, and then to just go, yeah, well, I still have to chop wood and draw water. Mm -hmm. So I do, you know, I have to tell my kid why he doesn't get a new cell phone. Yeah. Um, it's just a real nice sneaky middle finger, and it kind of reminds me of the way my mom used to flip people off. I'll try to describe it. There's uh, the thumb sticks out on the side, um, almost like you're hanging loose, uh, but then all the other fingers get tucked in a little bit, and then there's that classic uh, Riggers family arthritis that you gotta mm -hmm. kind of deal with a little bit. Anyway, it just feels like uh, the bird with a touch of class. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like sticking your pinky out when you sip from a sensor. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it's, it's pinky out with uh, the, what's, what do they do it in England? Oh, that, the, the, the peace sign yeah. flip around? Yeah. yeah. 
What do they called? call that? Uh, Spot a scrumpet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we should take a break while we Google it. Yeah, let's take a break and Google that. All right, we're back after some shenanigans off. Mike, that's the word. Off, off screen. screen. Off screen. Camera Mike. Anyway, off the, off the record. The thing. Uh, what do you want to talk about next, Kurt? Which poem? Let's move into the uh, somewhat titular poem. Haha. Jane Doe, uno por nueve. One through nine. One through nine on page nine. No. <laughs> Synergy? <laughs> wow. Uh, Carrie, that is some like amazing thanks. literary it's, analysis. Um, it's I'm pretty very, deep read. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I bet it was intentional. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, what about Jane Doe? Jane Doe. Jane Doe. One through nine. Um, why? Why this one? So this is the conversation we touched on during the break, but uh, now that we're back on screen, mm-hmm. we'll share. Uh, the question I've had when I was coming onto the podcast to talk about this book is: Do I want to talk about like the political? aspect of it because it's a wonderful book in that regard or do I want to talk about craft and here's the poem that makes you talk about both at the same time mm-hmm. so uh, uh, I never want to do this I never want to do this I do it with my wife all the time and I hate myself for it I'm going to summarize this poem okay thank you I was going to ask you to do that yeah. so I'm so, glad I have something in common with your lovely wife yes <laughs> <laughs> The uh, the uh, the idea is that there are um, multiple uh, occurrences of in in the poem women being uh, I don't know what the words you would use for it con- controlled from a position of power by men mm-hmm. um, and they could very well be the same woman or they could be nine different women um, and then of course we get to the last line of the book which is the t- or last line of the poem which is the title of the book uh, but she is also Jane and so the idea that uh, this struggle exists across womanhood mm-hmm. not just the speaker uh, is something that you know like the book touches on as a whole mm-hmm. is, is what we've talked about with Rest in Peace Laura's Vagina mm-hmm. is that um, womanhood is this holistic thing that has so many moving parts to it and is basically uh, to quote one of my favorite poets uh, Vera Pavlova it's a a balancing act Mm. um, to be a woman in the 21st century or ever (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah actually you know what I uh, imagine that was a long pause I was just like thinking about how horrible it would be to be a medieval, medieval peasant (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's bad. Yeah. It's, it's bad. bad. Um, yeah. I just recently rewatched uh, the documentary uh, Quest for the Holy Grail. Oh, um, yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and those people did not have it all right there. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they got so much film back then. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Jane Doe 1 through 9 has. Carrie, you mentioned what's the, the line that is the line? Mm, the <laughs> line. Uh, <laughs> It's not that evergreens don't lose their needles, but they replace them quickly. But that they replace them quickly. Excuse me. Yeah, that's the line. It it seems it's like it sums up theme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of this poem acts as a microcosm. Am I using that word correctly? I think a microcosm so. of the yeah. book, mm-hmm. um, or a synecdoche, maybe. Mm, maybe. Okay, that's too far. Uh, microcosm. Is that in New Jersey? I think it's in New York. I New York. I, yeah, <laughs> I actually I saw a documentary about it uh, called Schenectady, New York. Yeah, 
It's a really great documentary. A guy from The Hunger Games is in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've never seen The Hunger Games. <laughs> but yes, he absolutely is. Yeah. Oh, know. I know that. <laughs> I believe it because Kurt said it. <laughs> um, yeah, so... <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> so anyway, this very serious poem that addresses a very serious issue very seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, seems to, in a really stark... Um, it feels, well, of course, uh, contemporarily we're dealing with uh, a civil um, rape trial with uh, Donald J. Drumpf, mm. uh, where the, the witness, the... Um, no, I can't think of her name. Of course not. That's embarrassing. Uh, but, of course, as with most rape trials go, uh, the character of the witness is attacked. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if it was so bad, why didn't you call out? If it was so bad, why did you keep seeing this person? If it was so bad... Uh, and it's really it, a wonderful gimmick, isn't it? Isn't this the... Stri- charming. The, isn't it... Is the trial for campaign finance stuff, though, That's right? also happening. So, yeah. oh, it's okay, yeah. there are both. Separate, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. That oh, and it's, oh, yeah, it's yeah. funny. Yeah, it's funny that we're hearing about the campaign finance stuff and not the, like, actual... Is it? Is it yeah. Is it surprising? Well, no. you know my thing. When you, that's German word for the word where you're surprised when you really shouldn't be surprised. That's, it's not a real German word. I just... Berliner? <laughs> <laughs> that's what John F. Kennedy was saying. I am both also and not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Nachtunsurpreiser, I think is what it is. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, and so to yeah, so this this poem addresses that that uh, the idea that uh, like all art is in a way a political statement mm. um, because you have to the identity of the individual is often a political uh, journey, mm. at least to figure out who you are and how you sit in the world. And I think to to have a poem like that, especially a poem that you take the title from, in which the title in itself feels uh, like a great title, and then you read that poem and you realize, like, oh, I didn't even know. Mm. I didn't even know how good that title was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't even know. Now I know. Mm. Now I know how good that title was. Oh, now that we're at the end of it. Yeah. That was a really... Yeah, I mean, like, first line, the president of my college has been accused by nine Jane Doe's. And then kind of goes on to detail things. But it becomes sort of a journey again. Her mother's name is Jane, and she talks about Jane, you know. And, uh, yeah, and then that, yeah, the end. uh, uh, One Jane taught me how to read, sketch of a girl on an empty page with her brother Dick and their dog Spot. I liked how only some of the page was picture. People can appear from out of nowhere. There's also a young girl in the wagon, in the red wagon. Jane is pulling her, but she is also Jane. Yeah. And it's just like... It's the box thing again. Yep. It's, <laughs> I know. She's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's really good at bringing it back and bringing it home and being like, hey. Oh, is that what poets talk about when they talk about earned endings? I think so. There's I've part never of it. understood that. Um, Chris Howell, this is insider info, so sorry. Uh, but I know that, <laughs> that, um, that Chris Howell, who's a professor and a poet here in Spokane, uh, likes to say sometimes to, to poems he doesn't necessarily care for that uh, you really closed the door on that ending, mm. um, which is 
which is to say, <laughs> uh, just the idea that poetry, I think this is a school of thought in the 21st century needs to be ambiguous. Mm. It needs to not lay its claim. It needs mm. to not have stakes, yeah. um, which I think makes it much more critic proof. Because mm. if you don't take mm-hmm. a position, how can anybody argue against you? You yeah. know, you're just like an amorphous blob that decided to, well, now my feelings about surreal poetry are coming out. But, uh, <laughs> Lori takes stakes, sets, yeah, yeah, like her feet down. And goes, no, this is what I am saying. It's sort of like we were what we were talking about with the first poem of the sense of location. Like it feels. I mean, and again, it feels like I don't know if I said this about the last one, but it feels like she knows what she thinks, and it knows she knows what she thinks, and she. It, I mean, it feels like we are like benefiting from learned lived experience for her to knit all of these threads together for us, like and to, and to also like be able to tie sort of like the, I mean, I won't say fragility, but like the precarious nature of like being a woman in the world back to her development, like her intellectual development. I learned to read and that is also when I learned that people can come out of nowhere, which could be a creepy man Mm -hmm. or it could be your mother, you know? Yeah. Um, And I think I, I, we had talked briefly before we hit the record button that I thought that this book was especially great because we have, right, also when we had the record button, that uh, you get multiple different Laura Reads. Mm-hmm. And at first I thought that we had disagreed on it. Yeah, now. I thought we disagreed too. But yeah. <laughs> you're, you're right. The um, I think her one of her greatest uh, talents, and I don't want to say talents as in like she just had it, it's obviously Laura Reads worked incredibly hard to do this, is to give all of those a unifying... Uh, trait mm-hmm. like or that uh, we talked about being holistic that all of these parts can exist in one human being mm-hmm. that this is an identity is a collection yeah. rather than uh, like one moral guide or mm-hmm. yeah, yeah one point in your life yeah. that you mm-hmm. could adult you is both responsible and not responsible for what young you did and what was done to young you is now something you deal with as an adult and those uh it's just all of these paradoxes over and over and saying be comfortable asshole because mm-hmm. this is what it is this is what it is and this is what i've figured out i mean mm-hmm. not even like i mean not, not to say that she's not embracing complication but like no no these things go side by side we are back i I said we're back. We're back. I said we're back, baby. Okay. God damn it. Uh, Susanna. Susanna. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to talk about the poem Maya Miller, which is on page 27 if you're following along. Mm-hmm. Andrea. <laughs> I think my sister is also listening. <laughs> Sweet. Kurt, when you're listening to this later. Yes. Ah, I still haven't decided if I'm going to. It's hard to listen to your own shit. Yeah, because I'll think like, oh, I'll just call in and make a correction. You'll be like, no, it's, it's, you're listening to it the way everyone else is. Oh, man. My life would be over if we could do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's... Yeah. I'm still... Whatever I said about um, Jesus saves is still haunting me because I didn't say the most important thing with that it's about suburbia, too. But... <laughs> Okay. It's about some suburbia and like the weird dislocation and in atomization we have and how everything's kind of dirty and gross. That's what it's about. That's really important and that book is good. Uh, correction. 
We can just start doing that. Yeah. So last time, in, yeah, <laughs> that was like three episodes ago, which in dummy copy time is like, I think that's like six weeks. Six weeks. Yeah, no, yeah. no we cannot go down that path. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> uh, funny enough, you know who did uh, was one of the poets I brought up earlier today. Walt Whitman only mm-hmm. wrote one book of poetry, Leaves of Grass. A hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> so when you buy Leaves of Grass now, you get the first one connected to the last one. Fair warning for anybody who buys Leaves of Grass yeah. and says, Song of Myself, I remember this from earlier. Spoiler, you do. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I have to say, I should, I should, oh, I don't know if I can pull it up. I did for uh, Napo Remo just happened month of April, mm-hmm. and uh, I tried to do the poem a day, mm-hmm. and I lost steam pretty quickly. And one of them was uh, a prompt I found was to write a parody of a classic poem or a poem you really love, and I happened to have Leaves of Grass next to me, and I flipped it open to one of my favorite Walt Whitman poems when I heard the Learned Astronomer. Uh, I almost submitted this to our writers group, actually, oh, but I wrote That was a, in that great documentary, Breaking Bad. <laughs> it was. Like, yeah. <laughs> About the meth industry. Yeah. Now it's going to save our teachers. Yes, exactly. Um, and uh, <laughs> so I rewrote it as in inspiration coming from Breaking Bad. Uh, when I heard the dumbest weed farmer. <laughs> uh, dumbass, of course, the A is replaced with an apostrophe, much like learned. Uh. In, uh, wow. When I talk about my own poems, it's real boring. Uh, let's talk about Maya Miller. <laughs> On page 27. On page 27, if you're following along. Uh, quick anecdote <laughs> about this poem. Uh, Laura Reed was poet laureate of Spokane. She featured at Broken Mike Poetry Night. Uh, I believe I was guest hosting that night, and on one of my composition books, I had scrawled on the front in black permanent marker, just tell the fucking truth and all will be fine. Uh, after Laura did a fantastic reading that night, she took, uh, I believe, it was what you kids call a camera phone, over and said, Kurt, is this your notebook? Yes. She said, I need to take a picture of the cover to remember that uh, if I just tell the fucking truth, all will be fine. I was like, oh, yeah, sure. And then this came out, stanza six. This week, I read a poem that said poetry is about telling the truth. Coincidence? I think not. I'm like mm. imagining a chalk outline of a notebook. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. Outside baby farm. <laughs> yep. And somewhere there's a pin board with like yeah. red <laughs> string. Like, <laughs> when, when Laura comes, when Laura comes in, we say, well, Laura, uh, you seen any good notebooks lately? <laughs> You seen any good notebooks about five years ago? Yeah. Laura. So, so if anybody out there reading, but she is also Jane, notices that other lines from the covers of their notebooks are taken, <laughs> I think Laura Reed has some splaining to do. Uh, but I really do love this poem uh, for the way we've talked earlier in the show. Uh, uh, Laura's poetry is often holistic in the sense that the lesson is both there with the example. But... In Maya Miller, do either of you think we necessarily get a lesson? Nope. (laughs) Saw the moose across the field, and at least I tried to find him. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I liked this... um, I liked this poem... I don't know. It felt like... I liked the sort of juxtaposition of, like, imagining another life 
with also the idea of searching. Like uh, when Maya was 14, her name was Maya Miller. When I was 14, I sat on my brown flowered couch and dreamed of being a girl like Maya. And I, yeah, connect to that very hard. (laughs) (laughs) Because Maya's free, right? Maya has scratches on her legs Mm -hmm. from where the fields had touched her. Yeah. Um, And yeah, and then it was, at first I was sort of like interested in how that idea coexists with the like third stanza last week my husband my husband visited the graves he could not find my father mm-hmm. even with the map um even when the man from the cemetery office came and stuck his spade down until he hit my father's stone which had been buried over even though i wasn't there i kept thinking about the sound of the shovel hitting the stone probably didn't need to read that whole thing but (laughs) uh yeah but i was like interested what do you think i was interested in like those ideas being um put next to each other and i still i don't know i'd like to think about it yeah the idea of um being forgotten uh combined with the idea of uh I don't know, because in this book, we're in these, uh, always in the periods of, uh, like, could you, you could almost, and you would be argued, uh, down, I hope, but the idea that life is always a liminal space. Mm. Um, and so, like, the speaker of the poem wants to be a girl like Maya Miller. The speaker of the poem also exists in a world where their husband went to find grave sites and couldn't find them because they had been grown over. So what really does memory, like, play there? And then we get all of that, which is the poem just says to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what really is capital T truth? What's lowercase t truth? We talked about... Uh, the things they carried. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. Carrie, what was it you said that... Yeah, just the lie, the lie that tells the truth. Right? The lie that, yeah, right. the lie that tells yeah. the truth. And then so the, the moose shows up again at the end of the poem. Is, is that, like, the truth? Is that really, maybe there wasn't a moose there. But does that tell you what... Uh, yeah, um, or like she, I mean, or almost like this is what I wanted and I'm not going to tell. She, she has another line about truth when she, earlier in the, in the book where she says, I like, I'm so good at telling myself that something is tr- truth. I forget, I forget exactly what <gasps> yeah. it is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that, so, I mean, and I like the image of like, ah, uh, like maybe it's out there. I tried to find it, but like I'm settled well, in this place. And maybe, maybe the truth is in the searching and not the finding. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. There we go. <laughs> nope. <so. laughs> All right. All right. Nice uh, job. Take a break. Yeah. All right. And we're done. <laughs> Goodbye everyone. <laughs> we found ourselves on the journey along the way. Oh, there it is. Much oh. like this podcast. Must. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We are definitely journeying in this podcast. We are, yeah, we are. Ram- maybe rambling is a better word. <laughs> is, it, is it a journey or is it a ramble? It's a ramble. And I'm fine with that. We're back with the final poem that we're going to talk about today, I think. Somebody else say the title out loud. So <laughs> You're going to make it be me. I was going to try to. You're on. The final poem we'll be discussing today is Phylogocentric. Phylogocentric. 
had to bring a man on to say that That's word. That's right. Oh, yeah. I need a man to say it. <laughs> I need the man to pronounce the penis know. word. I don't know how to say big words. I just have a vagina. I, well, I can only say big words about the vagina. I can say I can say big vaginal words. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> she's, a, she's a cake or pie. <laughs> so actually, my. <laughs> Okay. Well, this poem is so funny. This is a very funny poem. Uh, uh, at the risk, well, first of all, it's reading it in a male voice would suck, but it's one of those that I really like want to read out loud. You got to hear. I got to read hear it. it. Yeah, it was very fun. <sighs> Sounds beautiful. Yeah. Also, getting to this poem, page forty-nine in the book, for those that are following along, mm-hmm. uh, was just enough time for me to have started to craft the essay in my head about what this book was about. Just to get uh, smacked in the face <laughs> by, by this uh, sausage of an idea. Big dick. <laughs> big dick. About how I was completely missing the point. Uh, it's great. It's perfect. Yeah, so this poem opens At the spring quarter composition meeting, my male colleague runs up to the board and writes the word. Phalangocentric. <laughs> and then explains that the essay in the Western tradition is phallic. He says, he says, we should tell our students this so they know the tradition they're writing in. And basically, like, Laura is taking that idea and rejecting it. And then also talking about, um, I don't know. And then also, like, talking about the these really concrete, concrete things in her life. Like, the things she knows. Uh, yeah. Take it away, Kurt. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's so much... Uh... There's a little bit of um, stream of consciousness things that are going on in in the way to uh, I believe contradict the idea of the, the classic essay right which is that you per, uh, show evidence which leads to more evidence which leads to more evidence which leads to more evidence which leads to I am right and mm, instead yeah. like most poems in this book have been here's some evidence oh wait I didn't take this into account this also fits there and then the world is messy it is not yeah um the world is simply very complicated and i think she's good at i think she's good at that like it's like it's not it's not this kind of tortured thing like when we are it it doesn't feel tortured she feels really accepting of that and i feel like this is in this poem where yeah it's it's great also uh it does do the thing that um i think a lot of bad it does well what a lot of bad poems do poorly, which is, uh, I believe, that when you bring a metaphor into something, mm-hmm. you have to accept all its baggage with it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So when I get to, you know, three quarters of the way through the poem, and sometimes I think about dying, what I see is the white sheet my boyfriend and I washed and draped over our balcony in Nice. Um, so uh, you two probably know that tradition regarding uh, the first wedding night and the sheet. No, I don't know about this. Cool. (laughs) So this used to be a thing. um, In order to prove that a woman had been a virgin up until her wedding night. Oh, okay. This poem is awesome. (laughs) You would have have, uh, vaginal intercourse. Yes. 
were in which the woman would bleed because that's how science works and hymens can't oh don't even yeah anyway yeah. uh <laughs> so um the jokes actually will you talk about hymens more please <laughs> 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 yeah, we we have not reached our hymen count yet for this episode, so I knew we're I, getting there. I knew I had a friend in elementary school whose last name was Hymen, oh. and I was very nice, and I did not tell her what it was. Nice, and that broke her. <laughs> that broke her. Um, and, uh, the hymen, like a female orgasm, is a myth. But uh, <laughs> so uh, the way I had it explained to me is that. Um, the couple would proudly display the sheet with mm. which they had mm-hmm. vaginal intercourse on with a blood stain on it to show that the hymen had been broken for the first time that night. Uh, like I said, the way I had it explained to me was you'd be surprised how many uh, men also had bloody noses the mm. next day mm-hmm. uh, because you get done and you look at the sheet and it didn't bleed and really you just don't want to answer questions from the town yeah, from about the whole town. why the sheet is... <laughs> Clean, maybe just a little cum stained. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully, let's, let's bring it all the way let's back. Let's bring it back to hot lunch, <laughs> baby. This evening, uh, uh, yeah, uh, that like that brings a totally new. I know it's like wait, wait, wait. Let me reread. Well, I mean, and I also like I also like that. So, you know, I think you were kidding, but like, so if the if the if the essay is phylogocentric, eh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Nailed it. Then you said this, then it's like penetrating. And Laura is like, um, she says something. Why not just say that the main idea can be arrived at? Or maybe there is no main idea. Maybe there are many little ideas. And then she starts talking about her curls, which is my favorite part. Yeah. This book is really, is really this poem is really funny. Um, you have to use, you can't brush curls, you have to le- use leave-in conditioner and product and scrunch them and then try not to touch them or they will break and turn to frizz and then where will you be? <laughs> or the or the lines where she goes, um, or uh, Derrida invented, phylogocentric, which my friend says Derrida invented and Wikipedia says is a portmanteau, which I guess is a blending of two words, but which I thought was a suitcase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah. It's, yeah, there's. Uh, I was making a point. I, I, Hi, I was trying to be penetrative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's your argument? Um, yeah, I think the thing that I thought I had an idea about when I came into this conversation, what I've now uh, adjusted a little bit. When you read a Laura Reed poem, there is a human behind that poem. Mm -hmm. And I think that is really masterful and wonderful. And I was trying to think of other poets that do that. Um, And uh, Vera Pavlova is one. She's a a Russian poet. Um, Her first book that's in English, If There's Something to Desire, I think is out of print now. Um, But that one will rock you. Uh, my wife made a needlepoint of my favorite poem in that book, which is, I have brushed my teeth. This day and I are even. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of that I feel in here. Anyway, it's just the, the idea that this these poems are so intricately crafted in a way to appear as though, like, 
None of it was done at all. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like yeah. this bo- this poem. Yeah, this poem particularly is like illustrating its own thesis. Like it's kind of this imag- magic. It's like kind of like a magic trick. It was like I disagree with this. I'm talking. I'm talking. I'm talking. Oh look, I made my point. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's the difference. Uh, talk a lot about this in uh, like magicianship. Or like card artistry, cardistry. Card That's artistry. a word. Uh, Is that a portmanteau? I think. Oh wow! It, wow, oh, it might be. The, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got, okay, I gotta write cardistry. Uh, we're live. We're live, people. Uh, Tape is rolling. Uh, so. Regarding. <laughs> Take a note. Um, so the uh, difference between being. Um, <laughs> Okay, sorry. A magician <laughs> and being like a card sharp or a card cheat is that uh, magicians are fully like going to tell you that they'll trick you and you can kind of tell that they're going to trick you and you know that the chains probably aren't really made of iron and you probably know that the deck really hasn't been shuffled the way you want. Uh, but a card cheat wants you to never know that they are any good at handling cards. Mm-hmm. Uh so it's kind of like reading a Laura Reed book oh. is kind of like reading a card sheet version of a poet, mm-hmm. which are my favorite poets, mm-hmm. is that you don't, you aren't forced into a sing-song rhythm. You are not made to go on a journey you don't want to go on. You are not being presented with sense and sensual experiences that you know to be in disagreement with your own life. It's as though somebody just dedicated their whole artistic endeavor to sharing moments in a way that the most amount of people could relate to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that would be my compliment for Laura Reed's poetry. Yeah. yeah. Well, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and maybe that's as good a place as any to leave it. Yeah. Thank so you so much. Oh, Kurt, Thank we you. miss you so I much. Know, it's been so yeah. nice. This has been a no, very, it's very, real treat. very fun. Yeah. It's nice yeah. to talk to people. We love yeah. you. We'll do it again. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Again, please. <laughs>